Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. With the Feast of Candlemas, we draw to an end our celebration of Christmas and Epiphany and turn our faces towards Lent and the start of the most significant spiritual journey that any of us can make that leads to Passiontide and the joy of the resurrection at Easter. Do please leave a comment or a like, it's always good to hear from you. And if you'd like to help to, if you'd like to donate to help support these services, you'll find details in the accompanying text of how to do so. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our service begins. Jesus said, Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you that hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this the third Sunday before Lent. It's wonderful that you can join our worship today. We begin now with an opening prayer. Let us pray. 
we say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the Gloria. Gloria in excelsis.
almighty God, who alone can bring order to the unruly wills and passions of sinful humanity. Give your people grace so to love what you command and to desire what you promise, that among the many changes of this world, our hearts may surely there be fixed where true joys are to be found. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his arm, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness, in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water, that sends out its roots by the stream, and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green, and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately corrupt. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the mind and try the heart, to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Now, if Christ is preached as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified of God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is not true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. 
then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all men most to be pitied. But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. And Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place, with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came forth from him and healed them all. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you that hunger now, 
for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, and when they exclude you, and revile you, and cast out your name as evil, on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you that are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you that are full now, for you shall hunger. Woe to you that laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the best things about the Gospels in the New Testament is that there are four of them, each one named after the saint who, according to tradition, was its author, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. All four Gospels recount what is recognisably the same astounding story, that of the life, ministry, death and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth, whom they proclaim to be the Christ, the promised Messiah. And very often they include episodes that are recognisably the same, sometimes almost word for word in their similarity. So why is it so good that we have four of them? The short answer is that although they all recount the same basic narrative, each one of the evangelists, the gospel writers, tells that story in a very distinctive way, emphasising different themes. It's a bit like reading the report of an incident in four different newspapers, each of which is targeting a slightly different audience. Or, like one of those novels where you witness the same event through the eyes of a sequence of different characters. Although any one of the Gospels will tell you the story... When you encounter it from four different perspectives, it has a richness and a depth and a power that it would otherwise lack. For this reason, it's always worth having an eye to the distinctive themes of each of the Gospels so that you can look out for them. And we are helped in this task in that each year we follow one particular Gospel on a three-year cycle, in our Eucharistic readings. So last year we followed St. Mark's Gospel, next year we shall follow St. Matthew, and this year we are reading through St. Luke, as you might have noticed. But what about St. John's Gospel, you might ask? Well, John does, doesn't get a whole year to himself, but he does bag the best bits of every year, in that we always tend to hear passages from St. John's Gospel at the major festivals and feast days, particularly Christmas and Easter. Now, in case you're wondering why on earth I have started this sermon in this way, it's because it's really useful to know about the themes that are most distinctive and of most interest to St. Luke in order to begin to appreciate and fully make sense of our Gospel reading this morning, as we shall discover in a moment. But to begin with, what are the distinctive features and emphases of St. Luke's Gospel? Firstly, St. Luke is an absolutely brilliant storyteller, which is one of the reasons why many churchgoers would identify Luke as their favourite Gospel. So, for example, it's only in Luke's Gospel that we find those marvellous and memorable parables of Jesus, the stories of the Good Samaritan, and the prodigal son. Luke also rumbled something long before the editors of tabloid newspapers recognised it, namely that if you want to keep the attention of your readers, give them people stories. St Luke's Gospel begins with that wonderful sequence of stories about fascinating and memorable characters, Zechariah and Elizabeth, Mary and her encounter with the angel Gabriel, 
the, the extraordinary story of the shepherds visiting the Christ child at Bethlehem, all of which are found only in St. Luke. Secondly, unlike St. Matthew's Gospel, which was designed primarily for a Jewish readership, Luke is writing for Gentiles. I shall come back to that point in a moment. And Luke is really big on the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is everywhere in Luke. Indeed, you might remember that a couple of weeks ago, we were reflecting on the famous incident where Jesus in the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth read aloud from the scroll that famous text from Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit, it's everywhere. And finally, St. Luke's Gospel is supremely the Gospel in which the poor and the marginalized are center stage. In the opening chapter of St. Luke, at the visitation, where the pregnant Mary travels to her kinswoman, the pregnant Elizabeth, where they meet, we hear the words familiar to us as the canticle, the Magnificat, that's sung here by the choir every Sunday evening. It contains the lines, he hath scattered the proud in the, the imagination of their hearts. He hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. Words that were deemed so dangerous and so inflammatory during the days when the British East India Company was effectively ruling India, that in 1805 the Magnificat, the Magnificat was banned from Evensong, for fear that it might provoke local uprisings. And, surprise, surprise, that passage too is found only in Luke amongst the four Gospels. Can you see a pattern emerging here? All of this brings us on to our Gospel reading today. Now, those of you who know your way around the New Testament will be very familiar with a famous passage from St. Matthew's Gospel, which is often referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. It is the passage where Jesus addresses the crowds who are following him with those famous words that begin, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and so on. Our Gospel reading this morning is St. Luke's account of that very same episode. But the differences between the two versions are really interesting and very instructive. Firstly, and most obviously, in St. Matthew's text, the incident takes place up a mountain, which is why it's called the Sermon on the Mount, funnily enough. In the version we heard today from St. Luke, it's not up a mountain at all. On the contrary, Jesus has just come down from one and, we are told, was standing on a level place. What possible significance might that have? Well, it's worth knowing that a lot of the really significant action in Matthew's Gospel happens up mountains. Why is that? Because Matthew, you'll remember, is writing for a predominantly Jewish readership, and you might well have noticed that in the Old Testament, mountains are the places where encounters with God tend to happen. They feature everywhere. You have Mount Ararat, where Noah's boat came to rest. Mount Sinai, where Moses received the Ten Commandments. Mount Zion, where the Jerusalem temple was built. Mount Carmel, where the prophet Elijah used to hang out, and so on. So, so Matthew has a particular reason for presenting mountains as the setting for really significant incidents, including that one. Luke does not have that same reason to locate things in mountain settings. But far more significantly, look at the content. Matthew's Sermon on the Mount begins, I have to say rather perplexingly, with the words, blessed are the poor in spirit. What exactly does that, who are the poor in spirit? Who are these people? Just step back for a moment now and prepare for the blast that we hear in St. Luke's Gospel in a version that is rather less well known and much less frequently quoted. 
I suspect partly because the challenge with which it presents us is so stark. In Luke we have not, blessed are the poor in spirit, but blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you that hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you that are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you that are full now, for you shall hunger. Woe to you that laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Blimey, that is about as challenging and uncompromising and uncomfortable and subversive and radical as you can get. But it also nails a truth that lies at the very heart of the gospel. And Luke communicates it more powerfully and more memorably than any of the other evangelists. Because wealth and power and all the trappings that come with a life of comfort can deaden us to the things of God. They can stultify the very qualities that make us fully human. If you want to learn about the nature of generosity, don't look to the rich. Look to those who have little but know how to value what they have and know what it is to be dependent upon one another. Poverty is and always will be a curse and an evil that must be resisted. It devalues people. It keeps them in chains. But those of us who live privileged and comfortable lives here in this part of the world wear chains that are no less real because they are less visible. And sometimes we fail to see that in putting up barriers between ourselves and those who suffer and those who are in need, we also barricade ourselves against the love and the forgiveness and the grace of God because we keep God out. St. Luke's Gospel is a wonderful read, but not always a comfortable read. And thanks be to God for that. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. 
Almighty God, you have promised to hear the prayers of all who ask in faith. Direct, we pray, your church and all who proclaim the faith of Christ, that in word and actions they be not found lacking in their integrity. Guide all who make the decisions which affect the life of your church, that your love may continue to be made known to each new generation through baptism, teaching and tradition. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Halt and heal the increasing inequalities of society and of the world, of rich and poor, of hungry and full, of happy and sad, of lowly and exalted, that all might reap the richness of your reward in the present as in the time to come. Guide the leaders and diplomats of our nations as they make decisions which affect lives. Reconcile conflict and direct, we pray, those who would incite conflict and war to broker peace and reconciliation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for grace to stop and listen, that we might hear and receive your word, whether in church, at home, or in any other quiet place, that we might give ourselves that time of reflection on our part within this community and how we follow in the way of Christ. We pray thanks for all who contribute to our community and to our worship, in our teaching, in our music, in our words, in our prayer, and for all who contribute in ways great or small to the life and work of St. Brides. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless all who suffer in sickness of body, mind or spirit, all who wait for treatment, all who go through a time of healing, all who carry the scars of their encounters with life. We pray for those we know in our families, our circle of friends, and for all those strangers who have no one to pray for them. Bring them comfort, healing, and hope for the future. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give thanks for the lives of all who we have loved but see no more. For mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, friends, colleagues and partners, all children of our Heavenly Father, remembering the love, the laughter, the sadness shared and the joys of friendship. Lifetimes together and moments cherished, all held in our memories, in our hearts, and now in the care and protection of our Heavenly Father. Grant us, each one of your children, we pray, a share with them in your eternal kingdom. Merciful Father, Accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever.
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this, our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us.
Let us pray. Merciful Father, who gave Jesus Christ to be for us the bread of life, that those who come to him should never hunger, draw us to the Lord in faith and love, that we may eat and drink with him at his table in the kingdom, where he is alive and reigns now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.